May God bless us this morning by His Word, through His Spirit, teaching us and convicting us of things that nothing else can, by bringing us to the presence of the one God who loves above all. Amen. Howdy. All right. All right. I like that. It was a good twang. All right. It's awesome. Uh, today, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the wheat and the weeds, and kind of a follow-up from last week where we were talking about the sower and the parable there. Um, the next two weeks, I've got to be uh, helping out uh, some pulpit supplies, some churches, but you're not done with me yet. I promise I'll be back after that. It's just been a weird summer. For some reason, pastors want to take vacations in the summer. I don't know. There, I know, a bunch of weirdos. I don't get it. Everybody knows pastors aren't human. Come on. Now, with that, though, is thinking a little bit about the parable that we have today. It, uh, one of the biggest things that comes up is the idea of separating things out, sifting them, organizing them. Now, of course, myself, having once upon a time been a younger man or a, uh, a young boy, I did go through the typical hobby of collecting baseball cards, all right? Now, you've got to keep in mind that, you know, back when I was a kid, and I'm collecting from about 1987 until about 1992, you know, w w once I became too cool to collect baseball cards anymore. And the thing is, is that as we've heard before, there are these stories of, well, you know, if you get the right card in the right condition, man, make all sorts of money, right? The right rookie card, the right all-star card, that, or, or the right condition from wherever it was. And so... I mean, I'm just thinking to myself, I've had these cards for decades. I mean, I should be set to go. So I went ahead and bundled them. I've got like a few bins of these things, like thousands and thousands of them. And I'm like, okay, let's go and talk and find out what's going on. They said, oh, okay, you've got a lot of baseball cards. That's great. What years were you collecting? I was collecting from 1987-ish to about 1992. Oh, funny thing. Those are the years that they had so many baseball cards out on the market that they're almost all completely worthless. And so three decades later, my entire thought of how I'm going to start saving into my 403B and 401K has gone down the, the, the tubes. Uh, I currently have a giant wad of cardboard if anybody needs it. But one of the things with it, though, is this idea that sorting things, as much as we tried to, we sometimes don't get exactly what we wanted out of it in the first place. You see, sometimes when we take things, like, like for example, we want to taste the rainbow, okay? So we get some Skittles, and of course my OCD means I have to lay them all out, and I have to make sure there's the same number of Skittles of each color and then whichever ones are extra, I have to eat them first, okay? Because we need to get them out of the way. And then you take one from each of the flavors, eat them all at once, so every bite after that's the entire rainbow. The weird part, though, is whenever a friend of mine said, oh, yeah, I do the same thing with M&M's so I can get all the different flavors. <laughs> I, I just kind of moved along with that one. I, I don't know if we're still friends anymore. But, uh, but with that, though, is that oftentimes we're trying to figure out how to sort out the stuff we do want from the stuff we don't want. And in many ways, this is what we end up seeing with our parable of the wheat and the weeds. See, there's this idea that these people are seeing out in this field, all of a sudden, instead of seeing a bunch of wheat growing, 
they see wheat and something else. And they realize that someone had come in and put in a bunch of seeds that were going to grow into weeds. Now the thing is, is that by then, they're already kind of growing up and everything, and they're wondering, what do we do? Should we go out and pull out all of the weeds? Now the thing is, is that with this, is that oftentimes we hear stories about wheat, grain, different things that are being harvested that are not what they should be. Has, has anybody heard of ergot or, or ergotism? Okay, the one guy through the window. All right, thanks, John. I, pr- I appreciate it. Yeah, very, very awesome. The rest of you, yeah, let, 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 me, let me work on that with you. Is that ergot is a fungus. Now, as a fungus, it will oftentimes grow in a place that's cool and moist, especially on grains like wheat. And what will happen is it will actually eat away the kernels on the wheat and it will form something that looks exactly like it. So it ends up making you think it's still wheat when in reality there's a, a fungus to it. Now there's a problem with this, not only the fact that it sounds gross, is the fact that if you do make it into bread, it actually ends up creating an effect like the drug LSD. And so there's actually a theory that some of the big events in history that had delusions, uh, epileptic seizures, strange uh, 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 anomalies that happen with people might actually be associated with ergot. So, for example, one theory is that many of the convulsions and strange movements and actions of the people during the Salem witch trials might have actually been associated with harvesting wheat that had ergot, and when they made bread, it created the symptoms that people thought meant that they were witches. It's not something they can completely confirm at this point, but it's an interesting theory. And the thing with that is that oftentimes we have this mindset that when there's something out there that isn't what we want, it's somehow going to cause us harm. And see, that's one of the things that we see with our parable here, is that this idea, there's this automatic instinct, this automatic desire to fix whatever there is. Now, there's two parts to the telling of this parable. The first part is telling the parable to the people where they're around everybody else. Now, you've got to keep in mind, not everybody was happy with Jesus. Not everybody was excited about the fact that he was doing miracles to help people. They weren't excited about him proclaiming the gospel and all these things about forgiveness and everything else. There were a lot of times where you see the disciples saying, we've done so many things for the kingdom, and then they're met with all these walls. People themselves. We talked last week about whenever we oftentimes harden our hearts and the times whenever people are shutting out what is being done. And how discouraging would that be to see all the harvest that can be done when the very Messiah is right there with you and yet there are all these weeds everywhere. It's easy to try to get rid of those things. The obstacles. Not just the obstacles as in the circumstances but also sometimes the obstacles that are the people. See, it's difficult. It's frustrating. And that's the thing, is I'm, I'm sure that myself and Pastor Tyler, we're not the only ones who have seen 
times like that. I'm sure that you've seen them yourself. The thing is, is that it can be so discouraging, bless you, uh, that we are in a world that seems to think that everything about Jesus is either passe or harmful in some way. And the thing is, is that in many ways, this, the world of ministry we have today is so different from decades past. You see, we could stop and we could say, hey, we have this Bible study going on. We have this service event going on. We have this fun hangout going on. And immediately, in times past, people would say, hey, let's go do it because it's their church. But now we have to hope that our marketers can somehow make the stuff that we do at church interesting to everybody. Is that somehow is that we have to not only convince the world outside that what we're doing is interesting and good, but sometimes we have to even convince each other just to be a part of the ministry, which I'm, I'm really glad that there are marketers out there because apparently whatever I learned at seminary was not good enough to make it work. And that's the thing is that we end up finding ourselves in this environment where we look around and we feel discouraged. But the truth is, is that as much as we think about, let's go get those weeds out. Let's go get the bad stuff out so we don't have to deal with it anymore. What is it that Jesus says? In this story, he says, don't go to pull the weeds out because you may pull the wheat out. See, that's the thing about this, is that oftentimes our attempts to paint some things or people as good and other things and people as bad is oftentimes the very thing that ends up causing us to uproot each other. We are trying so hard to get rid of the things that we consider to be bad and harmful that we oftentimes end up hurting ourselves, our own faith, or even the people around us. Because I tell you, it's been how many centuries later and we still have to put up with the black mark of the Salem witch trials on the life of the church in such an attempt to try to get rid of the bad people, they may very well have just killed innocent people. And now what does that proclaim about Jesus? And that's the thing about this, is that in so many ways, trying to pull them up, we end up becoming the worst of it ourselves. But even on top of that, though, isn't there going to be a time when all of this will be different? Well, yes, absolutely. There will be a time, there will be a day when Christ will come back and everything will be made new. But I want you to notice, who does it say is going to go and take care of it? it is it the disciples? Does Jesus want his disciples to just hold on and later I'm going to let you go out and I'm going to let you sift out the good from the bad? No. No. God himself with his angels will decide. What are we then to do? That's one of the things that we find is how dangerous it can be when we look out and we are focusing on trying to deal with the weeds. See, in this parable, what we end up seeing, though, is we see a shift. There's the first part and the second part. You see, the first part is trying to point out that 
you don't need to go out and, and, and worry about everything else. Right now, it's going to be difficult, but you're still meant to follow Christ. Don't worry about everything else. Follow Christ. But the second time, when he explains it, he changes the focus a little bit. And what he does is he points out what will happen someday. See, the thing is that there will be a day when those who have followed Christ are separated from those who do not. There will be a day for that. But now the big question for you is what is happening between now and then? See, that's the thing. We can fall into a lot of different pits. There are times whenever we can just kind of give up and say, you know what? I'm just going to not worry. I see the weeds out there. I don't, I don't want to contribute to all those weeds and bad things out there. So let me just not bother with the things that are going on, either in the church or outside the church in the world. Let me just not bother because I'm so tired of dealing with all the bad stuff. It's just too much. But here's the thing. The wheat still needs to grow. The wheat still needs water. The wheat still needs sunshine. The thing is, is that when we spend so much time giving up on anything and everything else around us, who, what else do we give up on? Each other. We end up getting so disillusioned that we forget what it is to contribute to spreading the word and to sharing it and growing in it ourselves. But the other piece with that then is that oftentimes we're so afraid of what we're going to harvest that we miss out on the fact that that wheat is still going to be wheat at the end of the day. Even with the weeds being there, it doesn't stop the wheat from being what it is. All these frustrations that we find don't change who you are in Christ. They don't change what it is that God is doing inside of you. And in some ways, God allows these things so that you don't get lost in the shuffle. I, from time to time, I'll, I'll joke a little bit about my dating life because it drives Howard insane, and that always brings a smile to my face. So, you know, I mean, everybody needs a hobby. So, but as much as a lot of the stories are kind of ridiculous, and also it's disappointing at times, it doesn't work out, at the same time, looking back, I can honestly say that I don't actually think any of those people were meant to be my soulmate at any point in time. You see, as much as we get discouraged and frustrated with what's happening right here and now, is that when we look back, we know that God is still doing what he's supposed to be doing. And it's the same thing for you. Is that even as God has not judged us when we have acted like weeds... He has still continued to work in our lives in the midst of them. I don't know what it is that may be right now plaguing you. Maybe feels like it's stifling you or choking the life out of you. I don't know. But what I do know is that even in the midst of it, God is still growing you, encouraging you, shaping you. And what I do know is that He is still there and sees where we're going we still are going to be harvested into something beautiful. So, in closing these thoughts, what I want to do is I, I, I want to bring this idea to you, is that last week, we talked a lot about how it is that there are so many things that can oftentimes 
choke out or, or push away the opportunity to grow in faith. And it's our calling to go out there and to plant that seed everywhere we can. But this week, what I want to emphasize to you is that as you do so, you may very well get discouraged because you're going to see the people who take it for granted or you're going to see the times whenever people just want to shut you out and anything that you are saying and doing. And there will be times where they may treat you like the enemy. But what I have for you today is that God already sees and knows. And that as much as it's discouraging, that same God is still working in their lives and in yours. So don't worry about trying to figure out who is or isn't this, that, or the other, good, bad, or in between. Is that all we're still called to do is to plant the seed and to help it grow. And if you need a little encouragement in the midst of that, let us know. Because, I mean, I'll probably tell you some really terrible dad jokes. If you can get through the weeds of my dad jokes, I'm sure that there is some good encouragement in there somewhere. But also, let's make sure that we don't give up on one another even whenever we sometimes get a little discouraged. Amen?